Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. I hope that you are well today. If you are watching today's service live, January 31st, it is a snowy day outside here in Virginia and beautiful, and we're all hopefully at home and safe. Uh, My family actually came in uh, through the snow, and I have to tell you, I was actually really excited because two years ago, we bought Elizabeth an all-wheel drive uh, vehicle, and I have been waiting for snow And this was my moment of victory today as we drove in to get ready for today's service. And uh, so that was that was one great joy for me today. Right. It was the simple things. And then uh, the other thing that was really great was I'm just so thankful for uh, all the work that's been done over this last year by our live streaming team, uh, because it's made us kind of be able to have a great service on a Sunday morning. The worship team came in on Thursday night and uh, filmed them, uh, their, their practice and, and their worship that night so that just in case there was um, a good amount of snow today, we could have uh, the same experience online that we would have had on Sunday morning. And so we're just so thankful for the technology and the team and everything that's come together. And if you're watching at 9 a.m., actually, I am live at the church this morning with Elizabeth and Andrew, and we're uh, coming to you live, if you will, and we're excited. But I'm just so thankful that we can do that and be together as a church family. Um, It's good stuff, and I hope that you are well and safe. All right, are you ready for the Bible today? Very good. All right, so I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, and we're going to pray. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for warm, cozy homes and the ability to worship you from home today with our families and uh, with coffee in our hands and our children around. And we just pray, God, uh, that today as we hear your word, Lord, let our hearts be encouraged and inspired by you. Let every single one of us Hear from your Holy Spirit today as we listen to your word. We thank you for who you are in our lives, Jesus. We thank you for our church family, and uh, we honor you today. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. So we are in this new series called Your Kingdom Come. And in part one, a few weeks ago, we talked about how there are two primary kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of this world, or the kingdom of the air, that uh, the dark realm, if you will, the, the demonic realm. And uh, we saw in that part one that Jesus would reign over his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that the increase of his government and peace would never end. That's out of Isaiah chapter 9, that God's kingdom will always be advancing, always be moving forward. The increase of his government and peace will know no end. And in part two, we looked at our identity in Christ, who we are in Jesus, how our position and role in the kingdom of God is far better than we deserve, and that God empowers us by the Holy Spirit to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, that he actually wants to distribute his kingdom authority through you and me 
to touch and encourage others so that his kingdom will continue to increase, as it says in Isaiah 9, and that the, that the increase of his peace will never end. Now, that premise in, chapter, in uh, part 1 is so important. Increase, the increase of his government and the increase of his peace. And I want to I hook into that with you today. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to start off in John chapter 15 today, which says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Would you say that phrase, more fruitful? I can hear you. I can hear you. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Would you say that phrase? Remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, in the world around us since uh, the spring of last year, March of last year, we have experienced a lot of pruning, if you will, right? There's been so many things over this last 12, almost 12 months now that we haven't been able to do, right? And it really can affect your outlook on life and even discourage your faith because life can quickly be defined by all the things that you cannot do. And when you look at a, you know, a plant that has been pruned um, and when it looks cut back and it looks stunted and it looks fruitful, um, it can look kind of discouraging the process of pruning. Just like these past uh, almost 12 months, you can look at all of the cutbacks and it can really be discouraging. But I want to encourage you today, all of us, to change our perspective about what's going on around us and to align ourselves with God's word. Because the the reality is there is a pruning that happens. There is a cutting back that happens. It happens um, in nature around us. It happens in our life. God does it in our life. But there's a purpose to the pruning. In John 15, it says, again, he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, in the times that we bear less fruit, God is actually preparing you to be more fruitful. So many times we just think about what we're not able to do, but we don't have that perspective from the word that, you know what, maybe he's preparing me for something more, something greater. This morning while we were praying in pre-service prayer on Zoom today, we were, we were praying, um, for the changes that God wants to make inside of us. And my mind and my heart quickly went to, in this season that we're in, are we hibernating or are we transforming? You know, when, you know, a bear, you know, will go and hibernate, right? It'll go and sleep for months at a time and wait for the weather to change, that kind of thing. And in this season, we could hibernate. We all know what that, that's like, you know, in this season. Or we can allow this to be a season of transformation, almost like 
being incubated, like there's there's something happening. And uh, it makes me think of, a, you know, a caterpillar when it goes into the larva and it comes out a butterfly. Like it looks confined and it looks uh, restricted. But really, there is a metamorphosis that's going on inside of, the, of that caterpillar and it comes out a butterfly. And I think in this season right now, what God wants us to do is he wants us to be transformed, not just hibernate. So. How do we get to the place of being transformed and greater fruitfulness rather than just the hibernating? Well, I think John 15 gives us some of the insights there because in the scripture it says in verse 4, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Are you catching this today? If you remain in me over and over again, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain. Another uh, version of the Bible describes it as abiding, right? Like abiding in God, remaining in God. There's, There's something about intentionally putting your mind and your heart and your life on the things of God. It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, where does it put our perspective? On our God in heaven. Hallowed be your name, right? And we begin to think about your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. There's an intentionality about coming before the Lord and just saying, God, I worship you and I honor you. I want to see what you are doing in your kingdom. But distancing ourselves from God will not make us more fruitful, right? That's the opposite of abiding. Distancing ourselves from the things of God will not make us more fruitful. And distancing ourselves from the people of God will not make us more fruitful. And here's the challenge. In these past months, it's been easier to distance than it has been to abide. It's been easier to separate than it has been to come together. So there's just this greater intentionality that has to be around it. But I want to encourage you today, rather than distance in our hearts before God, one another, and in life in general, we've got to change our perspective to allow it to line up with God's word. I want to give you an example from the Old Testament. There's a prophet Elijah that lived and ministered in a really difficult time in the Old Testament. He went and prophesied to King Ahab and said there's going to be drought in the land. You can imagine how popular that made Elijah that he's prophesying drought in the land, right? And so he had to live in exile and it was a really long and difficult season. Sound familiar? Long, difficult season. And after uh, he has this showdown with King Elijah where the prophets of Baal and, the, and, and Elijah come and there's a, there's a great showdown where there's a God shows up and receives a sacrifice and it's so dramatic. Right after that happens, Elijah's praying for rain and there's a cloud that's coming and the rain is coming and Queen Jezebel is just fed up with Elijah. Just fed up with who he is and what he's done and what he's done to the prophets in this whole season. And she promises to kill Elijah. And something snapped in Elijah, but not in a good way. 
something broke in Elijah. Even after this long season of just trying to stay dedicated to God and stay faithful to God, something broke in him with that threat. And what did he do? I mean, he did a Forrest Gump. He ran and he ran and he ran and he ran because he was full of fear. And what happens is when he finally stops running, the Lord says to him, and this is in 1 Kings chapter 19, the Lord says this funny thing. Of course, you know, anytime the Lord asks a question, he already knows the answer. He's asking so that you know, right? He says to Elijah, he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And this is how Elijah responds in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 14. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king of Aram, also anoint Jehu, the king, Nishmi, king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel, Moholam, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazel. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel. And all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal. And those whose mouths have not kissed him. You see in this place. Elijah had run. And he replies to God, like, what are you doing here? And Elijah just, he just like says, hey, he says, like, like, I have been very zealous for God and I'm the only one left. And the reality is Elijah's perspective of what was going on around him was wrong. It was a perspective that was defined by fear. It was a perspective that was defined by limitations. And all he's thinking is, I'm all alone. No one understands me. And he slips really quickly down the slope of self-pity. And he feels really bad for himself. God's saying, what are you doing here? Because he had not sent him there. And certainly God wasn't trying to motivate Elijah out of fear. And so, or, you know, fear of an enemy. And says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah just shows, you know, he throws a, a pity party. He's really honest with God, which I think is really good. I think being honest, God already knows what you're thinking and what's going on in your heart. He just pours out all his junk before God. And the reality is Elijah had lost his trust in God. Somewhere in that season, he was so alone, so isolated. That he just lost his trust in that moment. And his focus came off of our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And his focus was on himself and his own situation and how dire it had become. See, Elijah was running, which is exactly the opposite of abiding, like we learned in John chapter 15. Elijah, instead of running away and running and running and running and focusing on self, what he needed to do is he needed to lean into God. He needed to put his heart and his mind back into God and to, and to say, God, I need you more than ever. And if I feel more alone today, that just means I need to lean into you more today. Like the answer to my fear is not run. The answer to my fear is to lean into you. And if I'm going to run anywhere, I'm going to run at you, God. I'm not going to run away from you. 
Maybe you're uh, in a place in your life today where in your life you have felt like you've been running and you've realized that in this life you've been running on a treadmill and it doesn't feel like you're actually getting anywhere. And you know, so many of us come to this place in our lives where we recognize that taking control of our lives and being in charge of our own lives is so overrated and that there's a good God, a good Father in heaven who has sent his only Son to pay for our sins, that we might be able to turn our lives over to him, say, God, forgive me of my sins. I want to put my life into your hands, and I want to follow you rather than be in charge myself. If that is you today, and you're in that place where you're like, I feel like I'm on that treadmill. I feel like we're, I'm not getting anywhere in life, and I need God in my life. I just want to encourage you today to just cry out to him. And just say, God, I want to put my life into your hands. Just take everything that you are and put it into God's hands. He loves you and he cares for you. He has a good plan for you. And he always has a way forward for you today. If you're making a decision to put your life into Jesus' hands today, I just want to encourage you to pray to say, God, forgive me of my sins. I, I receive what Jesus did on the cross by taking my penalty, and I turn my life over to you, God. If you're making that decision today, I want to rejoice with you, and I want to know about it. Would you uh, go online to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? Share your information. We will reach out to you. Uh, and rejoice with you. We want to make sure you have everything and everyone you need for your journey in turning your life over to the Lord. It is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life is to turn your life over to Jesus. Let's go back here in to 1 Kings, and let's look at God's response to Elijah. Now, Elijah has whined, and he has complained, and he has told God, I'm the only one left. And here's what God says to Elijah. He says, go back the way you came. I want to talk to you about that for just a moment. Sometimes we go to a place and we cry out to God. And what God says is, I didn't send you to this place. I want you to go back to the place that you were. And God is saying, I, I didn't tell you to run. I didn't tell you to, to make this rash decision. I didn't, you know, the word repent actually means to like change our mind. And to change our thought. And he's telling him, Elijah, repent, turn around, change your mind, and go back to where you were. And then he gives Elijah these instructions. Now, you've got to understand today that Elijah is a prophet of God, right? So he has a job with the kingdom of God. He prophesies the word of the Lord. It's a pretty straightforward job. God speaks to him, he repeats it, and that's his job. And um, and he does it for the Lord. Now, it was a very risky job at this point in history, right? So he tells him, all right, what I want you to do is I want you to go and anoint Hazael, king of Aram. I want you to go and anoint Jehu, who's going to be the next king of Israel. Oh, and also, I want you to anoint Elisha, who will be the next prophet, who's actually taking Elijah's job. In a way, Elijah was actually getting fired in that moment. It was kind of like, okay, Elijah, you've run your course, and now, in this moment, we're going to turn the reins over to someone else. And then God says something very interesting. You remember how Elijah said, and I'm the only one left? What God says, after giving him all these instructions, go back, anoint this one, anoint this one, anoint that one. Here's what God says. He says, oh, and by the way, you're not alone. He says, 
I have 7,000 out there that you don't know about. You see, Elijah, what God was saying is, listen, Elijah, I have a plan that you don't see. And you all need, got, got to catch this today. So many times we're limited in our perspective of what we see. All we see is the pruning in life. All we see is the cutback. We see what we can't do. But you see, God has a different perspective of where you are and what you're walking through. We may feel like we're just in hibernation, just trying to get through. And God's saying, no, I want you to have transformation right now. I'm incubating something in you because of what John chapter 15 says. I have more fruitfulness to you. And I'm not just saying that. That's a word principle that I'm going to bring you back to in just a moment. But God is saying, I have a plan, right? You don't see it, but I've got a plan. You don't, you haven't trusted me, but I still have a plan whether you trust me or not, Elijah. And my plan is going to go forward with you or without you. I've got a plan and it's going to be executed. And so he's like, Elijah, you march yourself back there. You finish this job well. And then he would take him home to heaven. God has a plan. He always has a plan. He always has a way forward. And what I love is that Isaiah chapter 9 prophecy about Jesus and his kingdom. He says there will be no end to the increase of your government and peace. And it goes on and says from then and forevermore. Y'all, God has a plan and he has a kingdom that is ever increasing and ever moving forward. Now, when we connect this in our lives, what we've got to what we've got to connect with is we may feel pruned, we may feel cut back, we may see limitation, but do you know that in his word God says that his kingdom will always move forward? Because you see we only see part of the picture. We only see what's on, going on around us. But the reality is there is this, you know, when it says that God said, let there be light, light, you know, there was light. That concept of light going and continuing and continuing to increase and go and go and go. It's the same concept with God's kingdom. He said his kingdom would always increase. His government would always increase. His peace would always increase. That law or that truth is still happening to this day because Jesus is ruling his kingdom. And so even if you're in a moment like in Elijah where you're afraid or you're in a moment like Elijah where you feel so cut back or you're in a place where you feel so pruned in your life, we've got to change our perspective and say, you know what, God, I know that your kingdom and your purposes will always be moving forward. Elijah felt alone, but there were 7,000 he didn't realize. I might feel alone, but Lord, you've got thousands that I don't realize. God, show me what you're doing. Speak to me what you're doing. And Lord, let there be transformation in me in this season, not hibernation. And to do that, we got to lean in. To do that, we got to press in. To do that, we got to keep our eyes focused. Keep our hearts focused on the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus. We got to keep our eyes on him. And this is the moment to abide. This is the moment to say, God, what are you doing in me? And I want to encourage you. Are you interpreting the season you're in? Like Elijah? Or are you interpreting your season like John chapter 15 where it talks about pruning? If you're interpreting your season like Elijah, 
self-pity is going to set in, right? And I'm all alone, and it's going to be all about what I don't have or what I can't do. But if you interpret your season as in John chapter 15, what you're going to say to yourself is, you know what? Pruning happens in life. Pruning happens by the Lord. And I can, in my own life, I can abide in him because I know there's more fruitfulness in the future. And the best way to have that best fruitfulness for what's next is to abide in him. Let me read that scripture to you today because that's really the cry of our heart today is that we might abide in him because he's getting us ready for future fruitfulness. John 15 verse 1 again says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Listen to the cry of scripture to you today. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. I just want to encourage you today. Would you, would you allow yourself to remain in him, to seek him, to cry out to him, and, and allow this to be a time where you're actually closer than ever to the Lord, but also recognize that there is a fruitfulness ahead of you that is greater than you know right now. It's kind of a cool concept. We abide in the Lord. And yeah, there's a pruning that has happened. But there's a future there's a future fruitfulness that is coming. And one of the things I think that we're supposed to do while we're abiding is seek God for how he wants to make us more fruitful in the future. To seek God and say, God, what's next? I know I'm limited. I know I can't do but so much in so many ways. And he may say, but now you can do this and you can do that. But also... He may begin to birth some new things inside of you that he's preparing you for for the future. See, I don't, I don't think God wants us to lay dormant. He hasn't purposed us to stay dormant. There are seasons of dormancy. There's seasons of pruning. There's seasons where this hap- happens. But let's let it be transformation. And the reason we can let it be transformation, the reason that we can be looking forward to a future fruitfulness is because the increase of his government and peace will know no end. He is still building a kingdom. He is still moving a kingdom forward. And you are part of that kingdom. I want to pray for you today. You know, I've talked about maybe you're in the place of an Elijah where the pressure of it has broken some things or hurt some things inside of you. And you just need that oppression and that heaviness to break off of you. Maybe you have felt oppressed or felt alone or just oppressed like this pressure in your life. Maybe there's a discouragement that is set in that it's hard to see forward anymore. Maybe in this season you've got angry and offended and and, and a bitter root is defiling you today. I want to pray for you today because God wants to set you free from that today. 
Okay, God wants to to give you a fresh view of what he is doing. And I want to encourage you that fresh view starts with our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name by worshiping God, by seeing God, by letting him show you his kingdom and what he's doing so that you can look at earth. You can look at the kingdom of earth differently than you look at it with your natural eyes because you have encountered the king. If you're feeling that heaviness today and you feel like I need to I need to make a shift today in my mind and my perspective and I need to go from where I am in this heaviness or brokenness into a place of abiding in him. I want to pray for you today. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we thank you, God, for your great love for us. God, you don't come today to condemn. You come to set free. You don't come today, uh, Lord, to smack your children around or to harass them or to tell them how disappointed you are. No, God, you come today, God, to give us your perspective and an opportunity, Lord, to just follow after you and your word today. So, Father, for those of us who've been in an Elijah moment of fear or an Elijah moment of oppression, an Elijah moment of depression, Lord God, or feeling alone. God, today we bring all of those feelings and thoughts and all that, and we put it before you honestly and openly. And we just say, God, would you just touch our hearts and our minds? And Lord, would you pour into us your perspective and your heart about what is ahead? God, the limitations might not be changing immediately, but our perspective can change right now. God, our circumstances don't necessarily have to change right now, but God, our perspective and our heart can be changed. I just pray, would you fill us, God, with your Holy Spirit and with your encouragement. And Lord, may we abide in you. And I pray that in that abiding, God, that there would be a birth of visions and dreams and opportunities and thoughts of what you want to do and what is in our future and what you have for us to do for you and for your kingdom. Because, God, we do believe your word. The increase of your government and peace shall know no end. God, I bless your people today. I bless each household today. And I pray a peace of the Holy Spirit and a covering Lord, over each household, Lord God, we come under your authority and we thank you for your hand on our lives, Lord God. And we just say, God, you are so good to us. Thank you for your love for us today. We come to you and we abide in you. We seek you today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, If today is your first time at Victory or you just want to learn more about Victory, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on I'm new here. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We're so blessed that you joined us today. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.